Welcome to the Tape to Tape podcast, the penultimate episode of the Tape to Tape regular season podcast in 2018-19. Holy get this out of the way because the listeners were going to be subjected to it either at the start or the finish you are in a room with a beer league champion <laughs> oh my god i saw my brother's photo my brother plays on ryan's team as well i used to play on that team a long time ago uh but in the championship year too we should point out the last one 2010 yeah. we were digging this up trying to figure it out 2010 it took you guys ago. nine years nine to rebuild tries. after i left and it was, that's exactly right <laughs> someone said to me oh yeah I, as the guy who runs the team they were like, oh, Dixon, you had the 10-year plan, eh? And I was like, yeah, it's a good thing I lasted this long. It was a huge trophy, it was though. A huge I trophy. couldn't remember. Was it that big we one? We don't get to keep last? the big one. We, no, get, we yeah. get to keep a smaller one. But it's funny. I was actually saying to your brother, Kyle, well, he was saying it's crazy how much he thought about the game in the week leading up to it. He's like, at one point, I kind of mentally slapped myself across the face and be like, get a hold of yourself. And I was like, thank you for saying that, Kyle, because I felt the exact same way. But that is a window into how exciting it was to win it. Man, it does feel great. Speaking of excitement, Rory, we are almost there. We are heading into the final weekend of the 18-19 regular season. It is crazy that it's upon us so quickly. Time flies here on the Tape to Tape podcast. We might as well give you a heads up right now, listeners. The plan is to do a playoff preview that will likely be released the day the playoffs start next Wednesday. So we will go through our bracket, then pick our winners on each side. And of course, pick a Stanley cup winner. We're also going to do, I would think some awards talk because we'll be filling out our, our ballots in the lead up to the playoffs. So we'll dig in and give our final winners after really examining things close for the major awards. But we want to start today, actually the penultimate tape to tape pod of the uh, of the regular season anyways with the notion that I think we know who's going to be the MVP of the league I think Should. Nikita Kucherov is basically going to get every first place vote yep I'm starting to wonder if Brad Marchand deserves the second place vote I I think the case can be made I, I think the argument over who should be second in the Hart Trophy voting is the fascinating one yeah. and it's almost like can, if, can we just have a secondary heart trophy? Give the Lightning all the awards. Give the Lightning the Jack Adams, the Vesna. Not the, the Norse the this year, Not probably, but you know what? In, in many then, years, yes. And then here's the Jack Adams and the heart for all non-Tampa Bay players because they've stood out, stood out so much because there's a lot of guys, even with Marshawn, but I think you have, you've got a great case for Marshawn well, here. Well, of the guys who have 100 points, of course, Kucherov leads the way. He's a slam dunk to win the Art Ross, 125. McDavid's 10 behind him. Patrick Kane, Leon Dreisaitl, Marshawn is number five. He's at 100 even. I mean, he is the only rounded player, two-way guy, really, in that group, right? Brad Marshawn yep. kills penalties. Yep. His center, Patrice Bergeron, one of the best, if not the best, two-way guys in the league, he was out for 15 games this year. Yep. David Pasternak, the, the other stud winger on that line, broke his thumb and was out for six weeks this year. There's just no denying that, even though I know the tone for the Bruins is set by Marchand and Chara, in some twisted way, Brad Marchand makes them go. And he has been the steadying force, the guy who's there, game in, game out. He's going to end up with 81 games played. 
And when you've got more points than Sidney Crosby and Steven Stamkos and Johnny Gaudreau and you kill penalties and you bring this kind of, you know, intangible, whatever you want to, whatever you want to term it with him. I don't know. I, I, I really think he's going to get a lot of consideration. It's a, it's a really strong case. I think the one for just quickly on Gaudreau is that, you know, Sean Monaghan went through a bit of a slow spell. They've obviously broke both brought out Lindholm in an amazing way this year. And, and Gaudreau clearly is the guy that makes it go there in Calgary. And without that top line, there's not a lot of scoring beyond there. They didn't add that secondary scoring. James Neal didn't pull well, through. Well, they thought they did. But <laughs> they thought they did, yeah. Um, so he's got a strong case. I think a guy who's going to fly under the radar here is Sidney Crosby, though. He's got 95 points. He may not hit 100. So that that would hurt his case in a non-Kucherov year. Um, but it's his highest point total since the last time he won the Hart Trophy in 2013-14. And I think if you look at the Penguins, you know, they didn't get off to the fastest of starts. And two main factors have caused their their surge right back up the standings. Matt Murray has been phenomenal. Yeah, he's been good. Since he came back from his injury in December. Um, and Crosby, 47 points in 41 games uh, since January 1st. That's eight up on the second highest score on his team in that time, which is Jake Gensel, who's a good player in his own right, but... Sidney Crosby has made the year for that guy playing with Crosby has done amazing things for, for Gensel. And then further down to that, like Malkin has played only 27 of those 41 games. Kessel went, what was it? 15 games without scoring a goal. Like Crosby has been insanely consistent through this whole thing. Um, one of the best scores league wide. He doesn't play on the penalty kill as much as Marshawn does, but he is a well-rounded player. I think we can agree on that oh, for sure. It's a coach's choice not to put him shorthanded. He could do it if yes. they wanted him to. He's probably going to win the Selkie because it's yeah, going to become right. a case of like, well, we got to find a way to recognize Sidney Crosby. Right. If he's not winning the MVP anymore, he's got to win the Selkie. Yeah, exactly. And so his like, he might not even be a finalist, but I really like Marshawn. You made a good case for. I think Gaudreau is going to get a lot of attention for that, and, and Nikita Kucherov is going to win it. Nobody's talking about Crosby, and I think his season has been really, really strong in in influencing where the Penguins have gone. Don't sleep on Sid. All right, when we come back, as noted, the regular season wraps on Saturday. As such, we're going to play a giant game of Ask the Newsroom Sportsnet.ca staffers throwing their questions at myself and Rory. We'll do our best to answer. Coming up on the other side of the break. The Tape to Tape podcast is brought to you by the next generation GMC Sierra Denali, complete with the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. Net sliding around on the way to pond hockey? Use the built-in load stop to help keep them in place. Loading what seems like half a team's worth of bags? The tailgate also turns into a step for easier access and has an inner gate that flips down for unloading all the gear you can fit. GMC Sierra Denali. We are professional grade. Okay, Rory, you ready to answer some questions here? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. We are playing a giant game of Ask the Newsroom. Producer show is going to tee up questions he gathered from the sportsnet.ca newsroom 
And Rory and I, like you, dear listener, are hearing them for the first time. So let's do this. What is your ideal format for the Stanley Cup playoffs? Thanks for asking, Stevie Long. All right. What is your ideal format? I will say this. Let me start with this. I mm-hmm. don't hate the one we have as much as I thought I was going to mm-hmm. hate it. I would like to see a tweak, but I'm okay with it. Just go one to eight. I'm just go back to one to eight. That's what I would say. I, I also don't mind the one they have now because I kind of like the idea of having to play through your division first. It makes that rivalry stuff like re- very real. Um, but the one that I would love to see them go back to that I don't think they ever will for travel reasons is one to 16. Yeah. Um, it makes, but let me jump in. Yep. The case is these days travel is so cushy. Sure. If ever you could do it, now's the time. Yeah. Um, and I get that. And then I guess the counter again is the regular season schedule need to be balanced somehow, right. Yeah. To make it fair for everybody. And, and I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, I think talent and teams are so evenly spread out across the league these days that it's not going to make that much of a difference. I would love to see one versus 16, two versus 15. Don't reseed them through that. Make, make the number one play the eight or nine coming out of that first round or whatever. Cause you want to also have the bracket that people can fill out where sure. if you reseed, you can't organize that properly. That's the way I would do it. You're going to lose some rivalries potentially, but it gives you the possibility to have any kind of Stanley cup final Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, Montreal, whatever it is, you can put, have it in the Stanley cup final. Yeah. That would be pretty cool to be the first league that could have, I mean, I guess the NFL because of the AFC NFC can have like geographical rivals could like the giants and yes. jets could meet in the super yeah. bowl. Now that I'm thinking about it. All right. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it more also baseball can as well. All right. Sure. Let, let's but just you say can't have the Yankees it, it, and Red Sox it, in the world. It, 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 series. That's right. It would be very cool to have, um, like you said, Calgary, Edmonton, Edmonton, maybe a little ways off meeting in the Stanley cup final, but yes, um, I can kind of sort of live with what we got and we'll be living with it yeah. for at least one more year. And then yes. we'll see. Yeah. All right. What is our next question? Are the 2018, 19 Tampa Bay lightning, the best hockey team of all time. I don't know if we can quite go there yet. I mean, nope. they are a fantastic team and they're doing their best to counter the logic that this is the age of parody and that kind of anyone can win. I mean, I do think not to give anything away with our playoff preview, but <laughs> it feels like a bit of an overthink to pick any team other than Tampa. I mean, obviously yeah. the records are skewed because of the overtime. I mean, we can safely say the whatever it was, 77, 78 Habs would have fired off a few overtime victories and, and picked up more points. Yep. Um, so no, they're not, but my God, they're a fantastic team. They are the best team of the salary cap era. I, I would say I had a, an assistant coach tell me he, he thinks they're the best team he's seen basically in 20 years in the game. Yeah. Like you'd go back to the 95, 96 Detroit Red Wings who won 62 games won the president's trophy did not win the Stanley cup last year. That's probably the best recent comparable yeah. to Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay is doing this in a cap world where you're really restricted, but you look at that line and you say, man, there's actually going to probably be a couple hall of famers in here that the players on your third line, your third defense pair are still excellent, excellent players, but you're right. Like those Habs teams from the seventies, the 76, 77 team that won 60 games. One of the three teams that's done that did it in 80 games and they yes. have the all time points record. I mean, you got, you got four New York Islanders teams that won Stanley cups in a row. Didn't yeah. win 60 games. Like those are dynasty teams. 
all of them were excellent. The Oilers teams, I think all of them, you can make a case are better than these lightning, but it's, it's, it's hard to compare eras. They're the best of their era. That's what it comes down to. That's right. Okay. What do we got next? Well, Alexander Ovechkin break Gretzky's all-time goal record. David Singh asks, I cede to Rory. This is, uh, this is your passion project. (laughs) It's going to be hard to do. Let's, let's put that there, but it's realistic. And the fact that this is even realistic is, is unbelievable. He's as fun as Ovi himself. Yeah. So right now he is, if he were to play through, so, okay. He's 236 goals shy of Wayne Gretzky's 894. I'm firing up the calculator app right now. If he plays through his age 40 season, which is seven more years in the NHL, he would have to average average 33.7 goals per game. That's really hard to do for a guy going into the latter part of his career. But there's a couple of reasons to maybe think he can do it. First of all, goals are on the rise, continue to be on the rise. This is the first time since the first year of the lockout that teams are averaging a combined more than six goals per game. And before that, the last time it happened was 1995-96, just as the dead puck era, before the dead puck era was, is, was coming in. He has been remarkably healthy. He's only missed more than four games in a season once. That's the the key thing here is he's got to maintain Russian some level of health. machine don't break, baby. Exactly. And he's a big guy. He could, he could possibly do it. Um, he's been remarkably consistent. He scored the same number of goals two or 328 in the first 540 games of his, of his career as he scored in the second 540 games of his career. So you want to see that consistency throughout and only twice has he fallen short of 33 goals in yeah. his career. And one of them was in a lockout short in 48 game season. Then that's the other thing to consider here is not only did Ovechkin have to have half of a season basically taken away because of that lockout. His rookie season was gone. The, That's right. the lockout would have been Alexander Ovechkin's rookie season. That's right. Now on one hand, yeah, he lost that year, but on the other, the game changed so much coming back. It was way more offensive coming out of that lockout, which created an environment for Ovechkin to go on the scoring tear that he's on. So, you know, it's a bit of chicken sure. or egg, whatever. Um, but everything is kind of setting himself up here. The, the interesting thing to watch is in two more years from now, his contract runs out with the Washington Capitals. It's hard to see him walking away. It's hard to see the Capitals walking away from him with history on the horizon here, but he's already making North of $9 million. What's that contract going to be? Cause he is going to be 35 years old. There's no backing out from a one over 35 contract, right? You're stuck with that cap hit. It's just going to be interesting to see how that does he give them a discount? Does he go for all the money? How does that happen? Because that's on the horizon here too. Well, the other thing now is he's officially going for it. Yep. As he told yes. NHL.com, <laughs> no more deferring, uh, no more demurring. Uh, he yep. is uh, apparently he's got it locked in his sights. I mean, but, you have to like you, you mentioned, he's got to average 33. I mean, if he can go 50 next year, exactly. 45 exactly. the year after and 49, the, I mean, that's a yep. nice head start. And you can see that. And he got 50 goals for the eighth time in his career last Saturday night. The record for 50 goal seasons is nine held by Gretzky and Mike bossy. So, you know, he had 49 last year. This year could have been a tie yeah. record for that too. And you think as goals are on the rise, you know, power plays aren't called as often, but they're converted on a heck of a lot more than they ever have before too. So at the very least, if he slows down and his body starts to hurt towards the end here, you can put Ovechkin in his office by the hash marks there and just tell him to keep firing that shot on the power play. And that should help him maybe creep over that line. It's possible. And that's amazing. All right, let's get to the next query. Would you prefer to be the general manager of the Ottawa Senators or Edmonton Oilers? 
That is a real brain buster, Josh Benito. Would I rather be the GM of a team that has two of the five guys who got 100 points this year? One is, as Elliot Friedman says, a nuclear weapon, Connor McDavid. The other one's pretty much a nuke, too, Leon Dreisaitl. Building around that versus having just an absolute raft of guys. Man, this is really hard. <laughs> let's not even... let's. For now, let's take away the Melnick factor. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. And yes. say, you know, not worry about work environment. Yeah. I still am compelled to say Edmonton just because you know you have the guys, and if you can do a decent job of finding support. I mean, Ottawa has what looked to be, I mean, Thomas Shabbat is already great yeah. and is only going to get better. Yeah. It sure looks like they have some fantastic players. I. I don't know that we'd say we know they have the guy though, let alone two of the guys. No. And yeah, they're, they're like star guys for sure are both defensemen, right? I would say like they, they have forward prospects. Brown was good. Colin White is good, but, but not super, super No, not at all. I mean, Thomas Shabbat and Eric Branstrom could be elite defensemen eventually one day. So that's not the best place to start from. I guess if I had to choose based on, you know, I have a three-year shelf life here at least or something like that, and I need to try and win. Edmonton puts me in the best spot. Yes. But if I know, okay, you have 10 years, you have that security, do what you want And we're going to spend. And we're going to spend, and you have the freedom to take this in the direction you go. Like, you, you, you have a lot more chance to put your imprint on the Ottawa Senators and a lot more freedom to, to go through the draft and, and do those kinds of things. And just just for the the possibilities of what you could possibly do makes me want to pick Ottawa in that way. Like you can completely define that team. You can choose to move Shabbat or Branstrom and get a forward that way. You can take that in all different directions. Whereas in Edmonton, you're married to Connor McDavid. You're probably also married to Leon Drysaddle to try and get that thing forward. And and your possibilities to trade out guys to expand your base of, of talent is, is really limited there. There's not a lot of room to maneuver. So if I'm trying to win sooner, I'm choosing Edmonton, but if I have 10 or 15 years to do whatever the heck I want on a team, I, I like the idea of building the Ottawa senators from scratch. All right. One final question here. Which team has the best goaltending tandem in the NHL? Oh, that's a tough one. Our own producer show coming in. Who has the best tandem it's got to be down to dallas dallas boston and the islanders right yeah i mean this season you could say winnipeg but i don't really believe that that's the best tandem even nashville you sorrows yeah i mean pecorine was not doing too well for two months there and you sorrows had a save percentage up over 20 and i think he is potentially the goalie of the future there although rene is going to be back next year too that's uh, that's a really difficult question. Even Colorado, because Semyon Varamov was only okay for a while. Philip Grubauer is going to be their starter yeah, in the playoffs now. Monster. He's been awesome. Talking about tandems. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here. I'm going to pick the Arizona Coyotes. Whoa, a little. Because Antiranta was really good last year for them, and he was on everybody's radar as, look out for this guy next year. He came back, and he was excellent out of the gate this year for the Arizona Coyotes and injury ended his season way too early. Darcy Kemper has come in and has not missed a beat 
at all. He's been, he's been amazing for that team as well. And, and they are a pretty strong defensive team, but they're not like elite or anything like that. I think you can make a case that Dallas has got a better team defense overall than the Arizona coyotes. And the fact that those two goalies, nobody really thinks about them as the upper echelon. They're not going to show up there as a tandem at the end of the season. But I think if you look at the numbers of those two, they've both over the last two years for that team been really, really strong. I think it is hard to say no to Dallas though. Ben Bishop's probably going to be in the, in, in the finalist category for the Vesna trophy. Anton Kudobin has been excellent for them. I think a lot of that is a team defense in front of them. I, I, I'm going to pick the Arizona coyotes as a bit of a sleeper here. So I'm just doing a little number crunching on the fly here. And so the only teams with, Two goalies mm-hmm. with save percentages above 915 are Boston, Rask is 915, Halak is 920, mm-hmm. Dallas, Hudobin is 926, Bishop's 933, uh, the Preds, Saros and Rene, uh, Saros is 915, Rene's 917, and the Islanders and Pittsburgh. So there's really only a handful that have two guys playing at a you know, quite a high level or, you know, very good level, but that I just can't ignore that how, how good both Hudobin and Bishop yeah. have been. They both played, um, you know, a significant amount of time. I think I got to go with Dallas. You know, I want to throw another off the board one at you here. And, and as I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm almost thinking I want to change my answer to the Anaheim ducks. Yeah. Uh, John Gibson and Ryan Miller, you have the up and coming star goalie who was really, really good for well, them yeah. at the, the start Vezina, of the year. The Vesna was his in December. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ryan Miller's got a nine twelve save percentage this year. You know, he's a sturdy veteran. You can feel very confident putting him out there. The fact that they're not excelling in save percentage this year is the team has been trash. The yeah. defense has been a sieve all year long and letting shots through. So I think I think Anaheim's a bit of a contender to bounce back next year. And if they do defense wise, those goalies are going to come up. I think not just looking at their direct performance this season, taking the defense as a consideration, the experience, the track record. I think there's definitely a case to be made for Anaheim. And actually, yeah, I I do want to officially change my answer to the Anaheim Ducks. All right. Well, thanks to everyone in the newsroom who fired a question at us and to producer show as well. Stick around. We're going to tee up the final weekend of the 1819 NHL regular season coming right up. Looking to stream over 500 NHL games blackout free? Sportsnet Now is the product for you. Available to anyone over the internet, Sportsnet Now gives you 24-7 access to Sportsnet's channels, including content not available on TV. You can stream on the go or at home on your big screen from the most popular devices, including smartphones and tablets, Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, and Chromecast. Sign up for as long as you want and cancel whenever you'd like. You can also stream the NBA, MLB, Premier League, all of your favorite Sportsnet original programming, and more. Visit snnow.ca for more details. 
Okay, Rory, you have a bit of a conspiracy theory regarding <laughs> the Tampa Bay Lightning's goaltender deployment early in the final week of the season. Go. It, it just makes you think, right? If the Tampa Bay Lightning had to choose which of those three teams in the wildcard hunt they would pick in round to play in round one, you would imagine it would be Montreal, right? I, I would think so. I think they're certainly on paper the weakest of the three yeah. of Carolina which has been a great team since December and Columbus, which has loaded up. Yeah. So it was, it was just, it, it was curious to me to see this week that they start Monday and Tuesday, back-to-back games on the road in Ottawa and in Montreal. And they choose to start Andre Vasilevsky in Ottawa. And then Louis Domingue is hurt. So you're starting your third string goalie, Eddie Pasquale, Pasquale. I don't know how to say it. Well, <laughs> he's the third stringer. <laughs> he's a third string goalie against Montreal. And that would seem to me to say, well, are you, you're not trying to lose the game, but you're not trying to necessarily, you're not going all out to try and win this game. You're already without Victor Hedman in the lineup. Um, are you trying to give Montreal a little bit of an advantage there? And then it's also interesting to see that the last day of the regular season, Toronto has already said they're starting Freddie Anderson. And I would think they would want one of Carolina or Columbus or whoever to get in to play Tampa Bay because they would seem to provide a stiffer challenge for the Tampa Bay Lightning at a round one. Of course, the thing is, I think you're going to need a hot goalie to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in round one. And Montreal has that, as does Columbus, although Bobrovsky doesn't have a track record of success in the playoffs. Carolina doesn't have that. It, it was just, it was just something that caught my eye thinking, well, I would think if they had to choose one, it would be Montreal. And then the way they set up their goalies seemed to indicate that, you know, they, they were, they were greasing the skids a little bit. My immediate takeaway would have been that typically, at least in my mind, I, I have to look into this more, I guess, but you would give the start to your number one guy on the front end of the back to back and make the backup, whether it's the second or third stringer play on the night after you traveled or wh- or whatever the case, mm-hmm. you know, you're playing on consecutive nights. You don't want the starter playing under those circumstances, but as uh, you noted, when we were yakking about this earlier off air. It's only Ottawa. It's yeah. not, it's not even like Ottawa to Montreal. super close trip, right? <laughs> like you take the bus to Montreal, you're in yep. there by one o'clock. So yep. a little interesting. The Leafs, I imagine to some degree, I mean, realistically, every chance for Freddie Anderson to feel a little better going into the playoffs, I mean, that could backfire. You probably wouldn't want him sitting. Would you want him sitting for a week? Because if he he played the second last game of the season, then didn't play Saturday, he's basically off a week. So I kind of thought that's why they, it made sense. I mean, it wasn't a back-to-back. For sure. sure. Yeah. And and your, your second last game of the regular season for Toronto is the Tampa Bay Lightning. So... I don't know. Like if maybe I'd sit him for that, just so they don't hang eight then you're on. You're gonna him, mess man. with his head, yeah, yeah. If he does get blown out, but yeah, you don't want to sit him for the week. And then the other thing is, your week started with a back to back, so he's only ever gonna get into one of those games. You were never gonna start him in two. Um, yeah, I, it's probably less about Toronto and more about Tampa Bay. But it, it was a little curious to me to see how the, all that shook out. Can you believe that one of the games on the last day of the schedule is Columbus Blue yes. Jackets at Ottawa Senators? Senators obviously trade Duchesne to Zingle mm-hmm. to Columbus. If they can push Columbus out of the playoffs, well... Maybe it's a small one. Maybe the odds are minuscule, but Ottawa is suddenly back in the lottery yeah. because they hold 
Columbus's first round pick from the Matt Duchesne trade. I believe pretty that rich. is lockout protector. Uh, oh, sorry. That's protected. right. Of course. Of yeah. course. But still, you, still. you could push them down, right? Yeah. And, and that like you would push them down and make them have to make that decision, knowing that all your UFAs could leave this year. Yeah. And if all of them leave, you come back. A, a husk of yourself next year. And that probably sets up Ottawa. It's in a way it could be a similar thing to Ottawa last year, having to choose to pick fifth overall or defer the pick, give it this year's to Colorado, which they ended up doing. It's, a, it's not quite as dire. You're not picking top five necessarily, although it could end up that way on the, on the Tuesday lottery, but it does make that decision a little bit more interesting for Columbus. But that game, that might be the best you see the Ottawa Senators play all season. You would have no more motivation than to knock out your old old teammates from getting to the playoffs who weren't going to sign there. You know, it's just, this is your way to try and get back at them for leaving. Send something to your fans. It's something for them to play for at the on the last day of the season. Or Canadians fans will say, if the Senators come out and lay an egg, that what they're trying to give their fans is making Montreal miss the playoffs too. <laughs> their division and geographical rival. Who knows which way it goes. Wow. And <laughs> now we're really going conspiracy yes. <laughs> theory. Well, that's all the time we have for our wackadoo ideas on tape to tape. But... As noted, instead of our typical Friday release, we look for us on the day, the morning, realistically, of the playoffs, the Wednesday uh, that the playoffs kick out. Rory and I will fill out our brackets right alongside you and also give our cup picks and take a look at the NHL awards as the ballots will be rushing in that day. All the votes have to be filed before the puck drops. On the playoffs, it's one of those things that every year, Rory, I'm like, oh, I'm going to stay ahead of it this year. I'm going to stay ahead of it. And then it's always the last three <laughs> days. You're furiously digging into it, calling around, stats, stats, stats. Um, but it is a, it's sort of a maddening process, but it's also fun. So we'll talk about that a bit as well. You can always follow Rory on Twitter, at Rory Boylan, myself, Beer League Champion Dixon, at Dixon on Sports. And come back next week for more Glass Rattling Hockey action on tape to tape.